tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Happy Valentine's Day to all my lovers, my lovers watching and listening to the show. How are you guys? It is Wednesday, February 14th, i.e. Valentine's Day. Now, let me ask you really honestly, how do we really feel about Valentine's Day? Like really, really. Now, Valentine's Day to me is something that... um you know, it's, it sets you up for failure in life. Like, I just feel like it doesn't set anyone up for positivity. Why? Because if you are single, you feel like bummed, like, oh, I don't have a Valentine. Maybe, maybe that's not the case. This is how I remember when I was single on Valentine's days. And then if you're married, you're like, oh, it's Valentine's day. Like wish we did something bigger, like wish he did or wish she did, or don't spend that money on me. Like another day, the other day, Lance was like, what do you want for Valentine's day? I was like, absolutely nothing. Like, please know nothing. Like, Let's save money for college. <laughs> How are you guys? I am here to give you a Valentine's show. So as you know, I have nothing but love to give for pretty much everyone in the world, except about 46 people. And we're going to be listing all of them today because they're all on Vanderpump Rules. Just saying. Not really, not really. You know me. I try to <clears throat> I try to uh, give you guys a shocker at the beginning of the show. But I will be talking all about Valentine's Day today. I will be, I mean, I'm all about Vanderpump Rules today. Valentine's Vanderpump. All about VPR. We're, we also have a bunch of random news stories like Housewives related, Bravo related, celebrity related. So let's get into it. Um, before I move on, I want to remind you guys that I start my podcast class that is already over halfway full. It's, I think there's only maybe two spots left on Tuesday, the 20th. If you're curious about learning how to grow your podcast, start a podcast, all of that, I've been doing one-on-ones with a bunch of the women yesterday, the day before. I'm so excited about this group. We've got people from all worlds. I'm very, very, um, looking forward to working with them. So make sure to reach out to me. I'll put it all in the show notes right below. I'm seeing your guys's uh, comments about what is going on. I did listen to a little bit of Jeff Lewis live today and the extended show. So I kind of have an idea. There was 
not a lot of love going on in that extended show between Jamie Kennedy and Patty Stinger. You know, Jamie... Okay, we'll get into it in just a moment. Before we get started, I want to shout out my first sponsor of this week's podcast, and that is Roe. You know, I was watching, last night I was watching Southern Hospitality because I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with Southern Hospitality. And there was a commercial for Roe. And I was so excited. I was like, this is this is it. You guys are all wondering, is it Roe body like R-O-D? W? No, it's Roe R-O. So Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. If you're looking to lose weight in a way that is more sustainable, maybe than, you know, a juice cleanse or anything, think about joining the Roe Body. It's a program that pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes. So you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. Roe Body program members have support throughout the process. So just think about going that route if you haven't uh, had success anywhere else. And uh, just know average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Donna. That's roco slash D-A-N-A. This is a spelling class. This is a spelling class. So welcome, welcome. So um, thanks, Robotty. And I'm just going to get another one of our sponsors listed now so we can focus more on the show. And that is Factor because I just talked to you about the weight loss shots, which is really important if you're struggling to lose weight. But what is really important in life is eating and eating healthy, sustainable, easy to make, ready to eat meals Nothing is better than saving your time because time is money. And honestly, the more time that you spend or the less time you spend in the kitchen cooking, the more time you spend watching my show or watching Southern Hospitality. So go to Factor. Factor is delicious, ready to meet, eat meals, make eating better every day, easy, wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared chef-crafted and dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. All kinds of meals, keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie. I wonder if they have like um, even more specific, like goat cheese balls. Let's check it out. Go to go to factormeals.com slash Donna50 and use code Donna50. So factormeals.com slash Donna50 and use code Donna50 to get 50% off. And if you do, make sure to tag me on Instagram. And <clears throat> I'm, I'm excited. We'll, we will... Uh, work on it. We will figure it out to get your factor meals delivered 50% off to you. Okay. Well, let's just talk about this Jeff Lewis live thing. So apparently, apparent, okay, Patty Stanger, let's just talk about it real fast and then we'll move on to other stories. Patty Stanger is million millionaire matchmaker is how I know her. Of course, I grew up watching Bravo. I mean, this was something that I don't even remember what year this was that her shows were on. I always watched it, but hated it. Like hate, loved it, loved, hated it. If you know what I mean? Patty Stinger is someone. She's so polarizing. She's so triggering for some. If if I'm just even looking in my own comments, I can see exactly like even here, right? Why is Patty triggering um, or, or polarizing? Because she doesn't, well, I think a few reasons. She has no filter. She doesn't stop talking. <laughs> it's weird. It, it reminds me of me. She, um, she's super blunt. 
She says exactly what's on her mind. And I think what bothers people is that she feels a little bit, um, she over, like, she overtakes the show. So when she's on the show, it feels like she's not letting anyone else speak. And I think that's hard for people to listen to. I also think that people are very um, triggered by the fact that her career is based on helping people find love, but she's always like perpetually out of relationships and has like ups and downs, ups and downs. I think for me, um, she's interesting to listen to. Is she my favorite guest on Jeff Lewis? Absolutely not. But she's more interesting, I would say, than don't at me, you guys, than like Liz Roan or whatever that woman's name is. I'll never forget the episode. The big episode where Jeff Lewis talked about Heather McDonald. You guys remember that episode, right? When he came back in on a Monday or something and talked about the fact that he blocked her. It was such like a, everyone was waiting to hear this episode and Liz was the co-host and she kept interrupting and talking about her own friendships and like her own stories. And everyone's like, stop talking, stop talking. But Patty is, is like, she's entertaining. And if you just don't take it so personally, maybe it doesn't affect you. But one thing we've learned from this podcast, you know, radio space is that people take things very personally as listeners. And, um, People feel like, you know, they have a right to get angry and upset about everything. So um, what can you do? Patty is triggering, but I guess she did go on the after show and she was with Jamie Kennedy and MJ and they spoke a little bit about all kinds of things, but they got off to the rough start. She and um, Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy's energy, though, I will say this. Jamie Kennedy's energy is not for everyone. He his energy is very, um, and I know that he's popular in the, in the chump world. His energy is very kind of like stoner. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, um, very mellow and that comedy works in a lot of ways, but it doesn't always work with everyone. And sometimes it really is a chemistry thing. Sometimes you just get two people together that just don't vibe. And when you say Jamie Kennedy and, you know, a Patty Stanger, when you put them together, it just didn't work. And it doesn't, it didn't work with Jamie Kennedy and that Amanda McCann's girl. And there's, it's like a little bit of a weird vibe. So she, Patty Stanger's thing is just telling it like it is, right? That's her thing. She'll go in, she'll say like, why aren't you doing this? Oh, you're not doing this. Oh, she's doing this and you're doing this. Why aren't you giving her, you know, whatever. And he felt immediately attacked at the beginning of the show. Number one, he said that she didn't say hi to him. So she was a little bit list. She was a little bit, uh, you know, offended by it. Then she said that she, uh, she started giving him like a hard time because he hasn't proposed to his girlfriend after four years. And she, and he got very offended by that. So I don't know. I don't take this stuff so personally. I just find it as like interesting to listen to, but it's entertaining. If everything was always perfect, if relationships always went off without a hitch on these shows, if no one gets, if everyone gets along like swimmingly, it is a little boring. There is fun in, in a little bit of these ups and downs. And yes, Leslie has a great point. She said, she's just like Bethany. Patty Singer and Bethany have personalities that are very annoying for people. Jill Zarin is in that category as well. Jill Zarin is someone that is also just like, it's that East Coast 
tell it like it is personality. And you may think that like something's wrong with me, but I enjoy all of those personalities. I do. I really do. I enjoy, um, I enjoy Bethany's personality. I enjoy, even though Bethany drives me insane in a lot of ways, she used to more. Now I don't get like as upset by her. I enjoy Jill. I enjoy, <clears throat> sorry, Bethany. And I enjoy uh, Patty. I'm wondering what other people are like that in the online space and like the entertainment space that are just like, tell it like it is, you know, don't stop talking. But these are going to be people that are going to be you know, offended by, they're, they're going to offend people. That's what I should say. They're going to upset people and they're going to offend people. And, you know, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Randy is listening from Israel. Shout out. Randy is uh, just visiting there. She sent me a DM yesterday. Okay. I hope you're having a nice time. So let's get into a couple of other stories from today. Um, in like kind of exciting news yesterday. A lot of you guys are super, super excited about this. Portia is coming back to Real Housewives of Atlanta for season 16. Now, the sh the shocking, the most shocking part here is that we're at season 16. Is that not just like the most shocking thing ever that there's been six, 15 seasons of Real Housewives of Atlanta? But um, Portia's coming back, which is great for the show because from what I understand, and I dropped off Atlanta and I'll bring it back for you guys, but from what I understand, it really lost its luster. It lost its, you know, um, energy. It, it lost its excitement. It's a little bit like Potomac, I believe, this season. So I would love to see Portia kind of reinvigorating it. You guys really seem to be excited about it. The truth is we need strong characters on these shows. If Candy's gone, it's like we do need to get a little bit more people. So I'm curious what who else they're going to bring new people in. They're definitely going to have to shake up that cast. Like there's no question, right? So I thought that was exciting. She announced it on TikTok. She like did a whole Instagram on TikTok announcement. Um, but it's official and it was everywhere. And that is to me um, fun new energy, not new, but like recycled energy. How many times now have we seen housewives return on shows? Like it's happened so many times. Luann, um, Vicky, Tamara. Um, I'm trying to think what other networks. Sheree, didn't Sheree leave and come back? Um, I think Nini left and came back. Um, Heather Dubrow. Thank you. I'm trying to think of anyone in Beverly Hills. Has anyone in Beverly Hills left and come back? I don't think so. I mean, they come back for like a one seat, one episode thing here and there, but I don't think they actually come back. Um, interesting. Okay. Well, good for Portia. I'm excited that she's doing that. Um, okay. Another Real Housewives story. Well, it's all Real Housewives stories. Let's be real. Let's talk about Bo Deedle. Number one, is his name Bo Deedle? Or Deedle. Um, I think it's Deedle. Can you? <laughs> what if my name was Donna Deedle? Donna Deedle. Bo Deedle was, um, let me pull up my, my notes here. Bo Deedle was uh, sued for allegedly harassing uh, Louis Ruelas's ex with... Louis, Louis was also sued. So you guys know that, you know, um, Teresa and Louis from Jersey have been married. And I'm telling you, 
Louis just exudes shady, right? We just, we, we, we can pretty much all agree on that. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe a lot of you guys don't feel that way, but just from watching Jersey last season, I just felt like Louis just like, it's, it's the energy, it's the sweatiness, it's the red face, it's the getting involved. And then there's a part of Louis that I saw mostly on like Instagram stories and social media of him as like stepdad and dad. And I actually liked that side of him whenever I would see that because I really like Teresa's daughters and like when they would film him and talk about him on their socials, I always thought that was really cute. But on the show, he just felt like he was just like, he just, I don't know, he exudes bad. Anyway, he shares a cryptic message about his tribe, according to page six, before being sued for allegedly harassing his ex. He was sharing inspirational quotes just hours before it was revealed he was suing for allegedly hacking computers in order to harass and abuse his ex-fiance, Vanessa Reiser. Reiser, be the energy you want to attract. Your vibe attracts your tribe. Okay. Can we put these kinds of quotes to rest. Can today be the day that we decide that this quote, your vibe attracts your tribe, can never be said again? Why? Sorry if I'm going to offend anyone that's listening, but it's giving MLM. It's giving the hey, bo- hey girl. It's giving girl boss. Your vibe attracts your tribe. Come and buy my, you know, shakes, right? Isn't that, it's giving that. This is this is just a personal feeling. It's giving like Rachel Hollis circa 2018. That's what I feel. Anyway, he posted that to his Instagram story yesterday morning and later that day, page six obtained court docs that allege both him and private investigator Bo Deedle hacked into computers to dig up dirt. They're being sued by a group of lawyers who claim the duo illegally accessed sensitive information in their system. Though his ex was not named in the suit, one of the plaintiffs, Kevin Johnson, uh, confirmed to the Daily Beast that the individual in question was, in fact, his ex-fiance. Um, they, they're saying that both Ruelas, Deedle, and their counsel sought out the information with criminal, reckless, malicious, fraudulent intent devised to defraud. Um why in the world is Louis messing with his ex-fiance? Like, at what point should we move on and just like, you know, like focus on your current life? Jewelry Girl says he sleeps in no-no's pajamas. <laughs> like that, that, <laughs> that was, <laughs> I would die. I would die if Lance told me he slept in my dad's. <laughs> it's giving like Hugh Hefner vibes or something. I don't know. It's it's not for me. That's a no for me, dog. Ew. Do not ever sleep in my... No. That on its own is enough of a reason that Louie needs to be like released from Jersey. Now, here we are. We're coming up into the next season of Jersey. Obviously, as we know, we have Jersey A and Jersey B, meaning we have one show with Teresa and her crew. We have another show with Melissa and her crew. It's not really that way. Obviously, they're going to bring it into one show, but it's giving Vanderpump rules where people are refusing to film with each other. And that, to me, as we see on Vanderpump, is impossible to watch. It is really a hard one. So let's watch um, 
let's let's see what happens, but it's gonna I I'm getting bad. Um I'm concerned a little bit about Jersey this upcoming season. I just worry that it's it's like the beginning of the end. Like we are seeing what could potentially be. Like, how do you revive a show like that when we're already at such a standstill? And it sucks because Jersey to me is like filled with such incredible um, personalities. I mean, all these cities are. And so the fact that we've spent so many years focusing on this one family and these two sister-in-laws and it's like, I can't. Like, I have enough drama in my own family, right? Do we really need all of that? And it's very, I feel like it's very upsetting to watch families fight. Like, look at the Kyle Richards and the Kim Richards and the, um, where is there, there's another show with family too that I remember being like, so it's just so upsetting. It just feels too, like, ugh, too triggering, right? Interesting. Okay. Um, Housewives, another story. Larsa and Marcus have broken up, but according to TMZ, they are still in communication. Now, apparently they're pausing their relationship, okay? They and Dorinda are pausing their relationship, but they're still talking. I don't know who's leaking this to TMZ, but my guess is it's Larsa? Um, it says they're still talking to each other as they try to figure out how they can move forward romantically. Sex also always seemed to be a big deal for them. Remember, Larsa liked to brag how much they were banging. This is according to TMZ. So on its face, that wasn't the problem. The fact that they're still communicating is interesting because they unfollowed each other. Sources say the split was not caused by one specific thing. Instead, like all relationships, we're told Larsa and Marcus are simply in the middle of a rough patch. Somehow, some way, a rough patch does not speak to unfollowing each other. That's my, that's just my take. Um, Larsa is 16 years older than Marcus. So I don't know. We'll see if they get back together. I have a feeling that this one's going to end. But you know what? She's, she's probably really suffering from separation anxiety. Remember? She needed him to be with her at all times. She had parties when he, and when he would leave for three days. And they have a podcast, Separation Anxiety. You guys, what are we going to do with that podcast? Like, how are we going to survive? Another podcast bites the dust. Another podcast. Um, we haven't heard anything from... Um, oh, we, yesterday we heard Julia. So Julia and Adriana were on a show. They were being interviewed about the housewives. And Julia said uh, that she believes... It's a lot of these issues stem from jealousy and envy because she said, you saw the way that he would, she acted when uh, she saw a picture of me on his phone. You can only imagine. My guess is whenever you have a couple, and, and I am not, I mean, get Patty Stinger on the line. I am not a couple's expert by any means, a relationship expert by any means. But my guess is that when you have a couple that is so intensely obsessed with each other, it's giving codependency. It's giving um, not possible, like it's giving love addiction. You know me. Now I'm like the love expert. I'm the self-help ex expert with love addiction, but it's giving love addiction, right? Which is like, I need constant reassurement that you like me, that you love me. Text me four, four times a minute. Have sex with me five times a night. Ugh sex with me five times a night. Could you think of anything worse? Could you think of anything worse? 
I forget what we were watching. Maybe this was, oh no, I was watching. Okay, this is, is such a random um, comment, but that's, that's just my show. So Jeff and Jordan from Big Brother, if you guys remember Jeff um, Schroeder, I believe is his last name, and Jordan, I can't remember her last name. They were so cute on Big Brother, then they were on Amazing Race. They have a show called um, Together Mess. They are parents of two little boys. I really like them. I truly, really like them. And the clips that they have when they post on their um, on their Instagram and stuff are just funny. But I follow them on YouTube and, and I watch their videos. So shout out Jordan and Jeff. Come on my show. So Jordan and Jeff talked about this the other day. And in the little clip, it was so funny. Jeff is like, five times a night? Like, no, like that's another job. Who has the time? Like I, I call in sick for that. I laughed so hard. Like it, even men, even men who are super, super high drive are like, what? Like I'd rather just watch a sports game. It feels like too much work, right? It feels like too much work. Um, Speaking of sports game, did you guys see that Travis Kelsey and his brother spoke on their newest episode of their podcast, New Heights? And Travis finally addressed this yelling, screaming thing towards Andy Reid, his coach. So uh, as you guys know, we talked about this already, but at the Super Bowl, he really attacked, you know, verbally attacked his coach. He yelled at him. He was like really angry and really upset and almost like knocked him over with his, you know, attack. (laughs) It was a bad look. It's not what you're normally, you know, what you're used to seeing um, with your you know, favorite football players. It isn't a good look. Do I think it's like red flags forever? No, but it's just not a good look when you know that someone's capable of getting that angry when you know that you're being watched 24-7, like cameras are on you. But he apologized for it on his podcast. He said, I shouldn't be doing that. That is not appropriate. He and I are fine. Obviously, he has to apologize. It would be weird if if he came on his podcast and said like, he deserved it. You know who would say that is Tom Sandoval. Tom Sandoval, if Tom Sandoval was Jason with was Travis Kelsey, he would go on his podcast and be like, Andy deserved it. Like, what do you want me to do, dude? He deserved it. We'll get into Tom in just a moment. I mean, Tom Sandoval is he's he's on my shit list, guys. He is on my shit list, and I don't know necessarily what we're going to do about watching the season of Vanderpump Rules because I am stressed out over this show. It is it is a struggle for me. I am struggling with it, and I'm curious if you guys are struggling with it as well. Um, I will say... I did, before I get into the next story, I did get a beautiful package in the mail yesterday from Lumi, and I'm super excited to be using it because I tried it this morning. You guys, Lumi is a body deodorant that has sponsored this show, and I really want you guys to think about this. Smells are very important. If any of you guys listened to Jeff Lewis this morning, they talked a lot about smells and about natural smells, but also body odor, et cetera. Um, 
Michael Beck, who's Jeff Lewis's producer, who I'm or director from his show, who I'm going out with this weekend, I guess had mentioned that he was blind, like speed dating and someone smelled really bad, had really bad breath. You guys, bad smells are not the way to go. So if you are interested in maybe getting a Valentine, maybe getting a date this weekend, or maybe having sex five times a night, you should consider Lumi deodorant because Lumi is a game-changing whole body deodorant designed by an OBGYN to work not only on pits, but also feet privates and everywhere else as we get older. No matter where you use it, Lumi is clinically proven to block all odor all day long thanks to a one-of-a-kind pH-optimized formula. I'm wondering if Tom Sandoval uses Lumi, and if he does, does he still smell like Cheetos and cigarettes? Anyway, go and check out Lumi. Use my code to get $5 off a Lumi starter pack. Use code Donna, D-A-N-A, at Lumi Deodorant. That's L-U-M-E, deodorant.com. $5 off Lumi starter pack. The smells are beyond. Like, I got one that's a coconut smell. There's one that's like a lavender vanilla. I'll bring them tomorrow, and you guys maybe can see them here. Okay, I hope you know who else I think should be using Lumi deodorant is Kylan Morgan because those two can't get their hands off of each other. I mean, not really, not hands off, but did you notice that they're hanging out together? They were, uh, you know, there's no separation anxiety between Kylan Morgan. They went out last night or yesterday during the day. They went to Earth Cafe here in West Hollywood and then they went over to Louis Vuitton because when you see Morgan Wade, that's what you see, right? A woman that just really wants to go to Louis Vuitton. We all know about Kyle Richards' insanely over-the-top obsession with shopping. We know about that. We're aware of that. And you know what the truth is? Uh, the truth is that Kyle gets high from shopping and everyone needs that thing. Everyone needs that thing. But you know it's love that Morgan Wade is going into Louis Vuitton's and Tiffany's and all of these stores. Not Louis Vuitton's. You know what I mean? Like multiple Louis Vuitton with Kyle Richards. You know it's love. It's like literally this is it, – it's like Pretty Woman. It's It must have been love, but it's still going on. Okay. Let's keep it moving into Vanderpump Rules, y'all. I just became Southern. Vanderpump rules. We have a problem. We have a problem because this show, not only was I not excited to watch it, I was bored during it and I was cringing during it because I am concerned. Please, please, please understand that I come to you as someone that was wrap my arms around the Scandaval storyline, obsessive, needed to get all the behind the scenes, was checking out everything, whatever. Vanderpump Rules is a show filled with people that I can't stand from top to bottom, all of them. I don't think there's one. I, I really don't think there's one person that I still really like on that show. It's, if you don't have someone that is incredibly likable, then I am concerned that where is where is the show going? Now, this is personal, right? This is Daily Dose of Donna. So you guys may have different decisions or different feelings. And I'm curious what you guys feel like. But for me, this show is, other than Lisa Vanderpump, <laughs> 
it's filled with deplorable people. Like every single one of them are just too much for me, in my opinion, okay? Every single one of them are are just talking out of their asses to, to seem like they are moral high ground when we know every single person on Vanderpump Rules, except maybe Allie. Allie is the only one that is not actually, um, you know, done anything to really like hurt someone else or really upset someone else. Allie is like the kind, sweet one, but guess what? She's also boring because of it. Now I'm going to, I'm going to talk about Vanderpump Rules. Let's talk about a few of the different scenes. And I want you to know, I'm really not trying to be a hater. I want to be a lover. I want to be a lover. The problem is it's hard to love something like this. And I think I know why. We have been oversaturated with Vanderpump Rules now for a year. You guys, Scandal happened last March. That's how long ago, how long we've been talking about this storyline. Since they stopped shooting, um, or since the last episode aired to when this first episode of season 11 aired, we have months and months and months of podcast interviews, of real life interviews, of Instagram, you know, detectives, of TikToks, of paparazzi photos. We know it all. It's if they can't turn around these shows in a faster turnaround time, we're so done with this storyline because what we're seeing right now took place before Ariana even was on Dancing with the Stars. Think about how long ago that was. Think about how long ago all this stuff was. This is before BravoCon. This is so long ago. And like, for example, at BravoCon, we got to hear exactly straight up from Lala and Ariana and Sheena and everyone. We heard exactly where they stand right now. We've seen them all on podcasts. Tom Sandoval has his weekly podcast. They were on Nick Viles. So was Katie Maloney. She's been on 15 different podcasts. Um, so was Ariana. She was on Call Her Daddy and she's on, been on more. And Sheena, I mean, Sheena talks every single week on her podcast about like the day to day. So it feels so boring because I feel like we're watching a rerun. And what I said last week was like, what we're watching right now is the behind the scenes of what we already know. Like we know everything that's happening. We know exactly what's coming. We know that Raquel's not coming back to the show when she and Tom will never talk again. We know that Ariana and, and her boyfriend are going to still last for months and she's going to get Dancing with the Stars. We know that something about her is never going to open. So whenever they show that sandwich restaurant or any conversations about that sandwich restaurant, it's like, what's the point? I know that they filmed like a whole scene where they did some sort of sandwich tasting at something about her. But like, what's the point? It's, it's February 14th, 2024, and that restaurant is still not opening. So what's the point of knowing about the sandwiches that they're tasting in this fake restaurant? Okay. Um, a couple of interesting things that I thought. Well, the scene started, the show started in, um, at the like continuation of last week when James uh, Kennedy peed on the bush at Tom Sandoval's house and left. James, uh, Tom Schwartz, guys, he's annoying beyond. Yes. He's like all over the place. He's a mess. But Tom Schwartz is to me at least trying. And I will give him credit for this because Tom Sandoval is so mad. He's like, what the, what the hell, James? What the hell? Like you brought up Kristen, dude. I can't even believe that you brought that up. And Tom Schwartz 
is the only one that says to Sandoval, dude, if you dude, if you continue on this path and you get mad at every single person that comes at you, because that's going to be happening over and over and over. If you get mad at every single person that's going to happen, that's going to come at you, you are not going to have any friends. You're going to have a really hard time in your life. And that made the most sense. The goal here from Lisa Vanderpump, from Sheena, from um, Tom Schwartz is all these people, I guess these three are the only ones that we saw that really spoke to him other than his own personal like yes crowd. They're all telling him the exact same thing. Be humble, show remorse, and just nonstop apologize and show that you have changed, you can change. But Tom Sandoval sees this as a one and done thing. I said, I'm sorry. He says, I already said, I'm sorry, Sheena. We'll get into that Sheena conversation a little bit. Sheena needs to maybe take a step down from her. What is it? What do they call it? The high horse, the pedestal. It was a lot. It was a lot. So, um, so at least Schwartz tried. Now we go over to emo night and at emo night we have, um, you know, Sheena living her best life because this is what she wanted to do. She didn't want to be a pop star. In case you guys were wondering, she actually just wanted to be Gwen Stefani. She wanted to rock out and scream with her guys around her. And um, I will say Good As Gold is a fun show, fun song, so I'm not against it. But for the first time, we actually saw Katie with energy. I don't know if you guys noticed this. At emo night, Katie actually woke up. Katie actually was having fun, I think. I'm not really sure, but it seemed like she was having a little bit of fun. At emo night. Before they go out for emo night, they're sitting backstage in this really kind of like depressing looking green room area. And James Kennedy comes over there, of course, still wearing his glasses because it's, you know, we have James 2.0. We have James, the, the smarter, more mature version of James is now showing up. He's the number one guy, guys. And he comes and tells everyone, you know, he, he basically comes and, and just gossips about how horrible Tom Sandoval is and this and this and that, which makes James go down in the list of like being the number one guy in the group. Because you can be the number one guy in the group unless you just become like a gossip, right? So they end up, um, they end up, you know, so they perform at emo night. Lala made me laugh. Lala in her interview made me laugh so hard. She's like, what even is emo music? Like, is it Nickelback? Okay. <laughs> I at least know that Nickelback is not emo, but it should be because it does make you sad. Nickelback makes you very, very sad, but not in a way of like Celine Dion makes you sad. It makes you sad. Like, how do I stop listening to this? Because I'm depressed from listening to this music. You know what else depressed me is the show in general. Like, I really did walk away from the episode of Vanderpump Rules, like just feeling down. They're all like... <laughs> And listen, I will definitely shout out the fact that they're talking so much about sobriety because Lala and Ariana then go shopping the next day and they're or at some point and they're talking about being sober or Lala is talking about the fact that she's sober. And she said, I think sobriety is for everyone. It's a positive for everyone. You, you remember your conversations. You don't give out your number to people. Your skin looks better. You lean out. And while I agree with all of that, and I do agree with all of that, I, did you guys feel like the show was about sobriety? Like the entire episode was about sobriety. Like there was so much conversation, which just goes to show how much alcohol has like ruined these 
kids' lives and they're all growing up in front of our eyes and they're all like, wait, what the hell? James is sober. Allie says she's sober curious. Sheena is sober three weeks. Very, 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 uh, you know, repeated that three weeks sober. I don't think Brock is sober. I think Brock is drinking his face off. Um, Tom Schwartz is is drinking still, but more aware because he had a very, very like, you guys, this conversation was really, really interesting. He talked to Lisa Vanderpump about one of his brothers. So Tom is a triplet. And one of his brothers, Brett, I believe, is in rehab now, I think for the second time or was during this time. And he had, he has cirrhosis of his liver. Okay. I remember talking to the Brav Bros, Steel from the Brav Bros, who said that he also had cirrhosis early, like in his 20s. This is such a big deal for your body to have cirrhosis. And it really shows like you are guzzling alcohol. I believe there's no other reason to get cirrhosis. I think this is like a pure alcohol disease. So absolutely sad. So that's good that Tom Schwartz recognized that and he's definitely trying to cut back, which later on we find out at basically sober night at at Sir when he brings like some sort of, you know, they have all those, um, what are they called? Like tropics or whatever. I forget what they're called, but they're like little like drops that you can put in your drink to feel a certain way, but it's not sober. Oh, Tom's brothers are triplets. Tom's brothers are triplets. Tom is not the triplet. That's correct. He has triplet brothers. Okay. Tom Schwartz has a conversation because Tom Schwartz is the only bridge here. You guys have to remember, Tom Schwartz is one of the most important characters on the show now because between Tom Sandoval and all of his boys, which are like, or his, you know, crew, it's, it's his drummer guy. It's Kyle Chan, the jewelry designer, and it's um, Billy Lee. Those three are very, uh, exactly what you know, they were saying it's like these enablers, right? These three people that kind of go to him. Now, I don't know. We're watching these conversations in in bits and pieces. I don't know if Kyle Chan or Jason, the drummer, or Billy Lee ever sat him down and said, listen, you need to do A, B, and C to kind of like fix this. I don't know. But what we do see is Tom Sandoval just complaining to every single one of them about James Kennedy. And they're all just like listening. Because Tom is the perpetual victim. And that is so annoying to watch. Because Tom, I believe two things can be true. I believe that Tom can be a victim of online hate and bullying and all this horrible stuff and like the victim of losing all his friends and whatever. But I also can believe that Tom is the catalyst and the reason for all of that. So it's hard to really, really look at someone as a victim when they create the circle of it. You know what I mean? So Tom is talking about, you know, his, like all Tom cares about also during this time, you have to remember, is his relationship with Raquel. Raquel is away. She's at the treatment center. We've already now heard from Raquel that Tom did everything he could to get her out of the treatment center. She basically said, I can't leave because if I leave, I'm not going to be, um, you know, I can't trust myself. Like this is the healthiest thing for me. And he's like, come on, get out of there. And he's sitting at his birthday party complaining that Raquel has not reached out to him. She has not reached out to him on his birthday. And he's like, man, 
just thought at least that she just sent me a message. Dude, I'm just so, I'm so bummed. I just like, I, I, I just wish. It just feels so, um, God, it's just annoying to watch. It's just annoying. Tom Schwartz ends up having a conversation with Lisa Vanderpump where Lisa puts all this pressure on Tom. You're the one that's going to have to try to do your best as a friend to bring him back into the group. Okay, how about no? Like, how about at what po- one point we just realize like, none of these people are Tom's friends. <clears throat> none of these people want to be Tom's friends. Not one of them. Sheena's the only one that I think has like a little bit of sadness, but other than Tom Schwartz, none of those people want to be his friend. So why are we forcing this connection just for the show, it's never going to happen. She talks about this Lake Tahoe trip where she has this restaurant wolf that she's opening up. And we know because of social media, we all know that they went. We all know that Tom Sandoval ends up going. We all know that Ariana is there too. And we also know that Sheena and Lala took a picture next to Tom Sandoval and the internet went ablaze over this. So, um, They end up, you know, we do have a scene between Ariana and Katie, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, It's with Aunt, number one, this is the morning after emo night. They're both hungover, and so they're getting IVs. And Anne, the assistant, who we now know is like an actor, an actor plant, is sitting there and cleaning. And they're talking to her, and they're like, do you get paid more? And she goes, no, and whatever. So they're having this conversation. The Ivy girls come in. They start giving them IVs. And they're talking about the fact that she's going out with Sheena that night. Guys, Ariana and Katie depress me. They all depress me. (laughs) I'm trying really, really, really hard to love on this show. But I absolutely cannot um, love on these people. They just come off negative Nellies. Like at this point, you guys have to remember where Ariana's life was. At this point, she has a boyfriend. She's getting every single offer under the sun. She's living a good life. Even Lisa Vanderpump mentions it in the show. And she just is so angry. And I, I struggle with this. I'm not an Ariana hater, but I just don't like the vibe. Because your vibe attracts your tribe, Louis Ruelas. So they end up um, talking about this dinner plan that Sheena has with Katie. Sheena and Katie end up going to dinner. They go to Thai Show, my neighborhood restaurant, which I'm so excited. Finally, it's been on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with Garcelle and her son, but now it was with these two. And, um, And we know that they ordered mocktails. They both weren't drinking. And they end up having a conversation about everything. And I can honestly tell you this right now. I can honestly tell you this. I don't think I remember a word from their conversation. Something about Sheena really bugged me in last night's episode. It's the feeling of, it's all about me. It's all about me. It's all, I mean, Sheena is so self-obsessed and self, like, so concerned with her own story in everyone's case. And that is hard to watch too. And Katie brings absolutely no light to the show. Sorry. Do you want me to just say it was a great show? Guys, it was so fun. I can't. I can't. I have to tell you how I really feel. 
We end up, we end the show, of course, at um, See You Next Tuesday, which everyone goes to because they have to. No one wants to be there. Not one of them wants to be there except Allie. You know that. Maybe Brock wants to be there. No one wants to be at Sir on a Tuesday night because none of them drink, none of them want to party, and this is a job. And you don't go to Sir. Like, they would never go to Sir where they are in their lives right now, you know? But they go and they sit in these like really uncomfortable wooden chairs in a circle and they don't get up. Like they're the people at the party. They're so they're like the people at the party that you wouldn't want to hang out with because they looked so bored. All of them just like sat there like sitting around in a circle just talking shit. You're at a DJ situation, your friends DJing and not one of you even gets up. Not one of you even just like tries to dance a little bit. Like, I kind of feel bad for Allie. I feel like Allie has to like now be depressed because she's hanging out with them. She's like depressed. Anyway, they, um, <laughs> they end up, uh, we end up having also a Tom Sandoval appearance. Why? Because he's getting paid. <laughs> like, why would the fuck would Tom Sandoval ever choose to go to emo, to not emo night, to go to see you next Tuesday? Why? Because Bravo's forcing him to. It's horrible. And he's wearing a Zach Morris sweater. And he looks, I mean, the entire episode, like he is, he literally, Tom Sandoval goes to like 90s.com to figure out what to wear. And he ends up going um, with his friend Kyle Chan. And they sit at this back table by the bathroom, like so weird. This quiet room, the two of them are sitting. And I remember this because we saw pictures of Tom Sandoval crying. Because all the fans of the show took pictures of this entire night. I remembered exactly what they wore. I remembered exactly what they looked like. And I remember that Sheena and Zach Morris Sandoval ended up having a conversation in the alley because we saw video and pictures of it. TMZ got it all. They end up having a conversation, Sheena and Tom in the back. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Best actor of last night's episode. And I say actor because I truly believe this was an intentional produced, put a mic on you, here's your script, was this waiter. The server that comes out of left field to serve on Tom. We have never once seen this guy before in all our lives. All I know is that he has a mop on his hair. Oh, you guys missed my rainbow. This will be a moment. Hold on. Pretend this is black. <laughs> this is the waiter. This was the waiter that went up to Tom Sandoval with black hair. Okay. Tom, I hope you don't mind, but I had to unfollow you. I was just getting so much hate on me. It was really hard, Tom. It was really hard for me. And I just didn't understand. I hope you understood like why I had to do that, but I had to do that. Okay. I just, I, I, what can I do? Tom, I miss you, bro. Give me a goddamn break. Is this, are we watching SNL? What is happening here? Who is he? He's just as bad as the guy that showed up at Tom Sandoval's party. Do you guys remember this? I didn't even mention this. And James Kennedy comes to the party and Tom Sandoval's guy is over there. Um, his buddy who's like, who goes up to James at the party. He's Mike. So you hear him and he's like, man, like, why are you, or why are you mad at me? James, James, like, why are you? And James is like, is Tom here? <laughs> who are these side Folks, that they just keep throwing in. But this guy's hair was on another level. I, I haven't seen anyone talk about this today. I, I want to do some research and find out who was the waiter 
on Vanderpump Rules last night. Uh, this is this is like it's it's telling a story. How do we get Tom Sandoval to show remorse in this moment? We need some guy to go over to him and say how hard it was for him. And the second he goes around, Michelle, okay, well, interesting. I don't know a thing about him. I don't know a thing about him. Apparently, he's been on since season one. How do you know? How do you know about him? Have I not watched the show? <laughs> okay, so apparently, he's been on since season one. I'm going to look him up right now. I don't know a thing about him. And I think if he did have an interesting story, it would be really nice if we were we learned about him. Because as an audience member, just watching the show, you would know no nothing. And you would be like, why are they forcing this guy to come in here? Okay, so I would like to learn more about him. And maybe you can share with me, Michelle, in a story. Okay, so, or in on the Facebook group. So, the the point is, I'm not making fun of him as much as I'm making fun of the fact that this whole scene was so contrived because he comes in there to do this little crying thing. And then all of a sudden, Tom is like, I just feel bad for you. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for all these people. It's just so sad. And exactly at that moment, Sheena walks through. Well, isn't that funny that Sheena walks to the bathroom, which happens to be right next to Tom Sandoval's table. It was so obviously produced. Okay. And then they end up going into the alley and they have a conversation and they, uh, they start talking all about the, um, you know, the whole affair and everything. But basically Tom is stuck because he's very mad at the way Sheena spoke about him on a podcast the day that his friend died. Sheena sent him a nice message, but later that day went on the podcast and just talked a lot of crap and then brought on Nima. Funny story. Nima, this guy that used to be on, she that was on Sheena's podcast that they talked about last night. Nima is a, uh, he was on Shaws of Sunset. His girl, his sister is Gary Vaynerchuk's girlfriend. That is a random story. But Nima, you guys remember from Shaws of Sunset, maybe the last couple seasons. Apparently, he used to hook up with Raquel and talked about it on Sheena's podcast a few months ago. Okay, whatever. This really upset Tom more than anything. So Tom doesn't really, I don't think, care about his relationship with Sheena. He just felt upset that she kept going after him in, you know, her podcast or whatever. Once again, podcasts should not be a character of these shows. Like podcasts should not be part of these, uh, you know, these podcasts. They just shouldn't. Like, I'm sorry, not the podcast, these reality shows. It feels too, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when they go to a, um, when on a reality show, they talk a lot about like social media trolling, right? Oh, you said this about me on Twitter and you said this about me on Instagram. It's like, I don't know, you guys. It's just too much now at this point. So they end up having a conversation that, of course, doesn't go well because it's with Tom Sandoval. You can't have a good conversation with Tom Sandoval. Now, Lisa, bless her heart, is the only one that can try to have a conversation with Tom Sandoval. And I felt for Lisa because she is really, truly trying to help him. And instead of him hearing, you're trying to help me, she is saying, he, you know, when he's saying, I'm trying to help you, he said, um, 
No, I'm sorry. When she said, I'm trying to help you, Tom, he says, really? Because it feels like you're attacking me. But this is classic narcissist talk. If you are not 100% in his corner and massaging his ego and doing anything like that, he's going to officially think that he's being attacked and be the victim. But it is horrible that he's talking about that he's having all kinds of thoughts of, you know, offing himself and really depressing thoughts. And she's obviously going to take that to heart because of her brother as well. So I personally believe that I think, in my opinion, I think that Lisa is trying her hardest to keep the show going. Lisa is the producer of the show. And if this show goes away, what else for VPR? She, I mean, for Lisa Vanderpump, like she needs the show to keep going so that she can keep talking about all her different restaurants, Wolf, et cetera. However, we're looking at the, the disintegration of the show right in front of our very eyes. And so honestly, I do believe that there's only going to be so much we can take. And I hate to say it, because I do obviously stand for Ariana in these scenes. I feel bad for her, but she does because she's being forced. And this is honestly what I think it is. She's being forced to be put in situations where she's going to be triggered and angry and upset. And if you're being forced to go in that story and to go into that situation, then I think personally, in my opinion, I think you're going to come off bitter and angry and it's a bad look for Ariana. What I wish Ariana could do was just like completely remove herself from this crew, but you can't because it's a show. So we're just setting everyone up to look awful. Like everyone's going to look bad because they're being forced to like hit their de demons, you know? We will keep watching, but it doesn't leave me with happy thoughts. Love is Blind season six premieres today. So that will leave me with happy thoughts. And I truly believe that, um, I truly believe that, you know, we will stick by the show as much as we can. We go through the ups, we go through the downs. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them all. And there you have Vanderpump Rules and every single other show that we watch. Thank you, Dosers, for being here. Let's try to try to spread some love today, you guys. This is like uh, been a day. Um, and make sure to uh, keep subscribing to the show. Send nice, uh, uh, send comments about what you believe or what you think. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. And make sure to hit that like button. Follow if you're listening on the audio podcast. Thank you so much for my sponsors. Happy Valentine's Day. Bye, guys.